Hello, my name is Wallace, and I'm a pastor. I want to share with you from God's Word today a word of encouragement. And it is my hope by the proclamation of His Word and the power of His Holy Spirit that you would be transformed from inside out and that ultimately God would be glorified. I want to share with you from the Word of God, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1. Before I read this verse, let me ask you a question. Do you struggle sometimes with the way life tends to pan out for you? Do you struggle with the path when it turns to the right or to the left? in a way that you don't want it to turn? Are you struggling with the unknowns in life? Maybe you've been extended to stay somewhere you don't want to stay. Maybe you're having to leave prematurely according to your plans. Life can be very challenging at times in regards to it not happening the way we would plan it or expect it to happen. But I'm here to remind you, and I want this scripture and this short message to remind you that God ultimately is in control. Jesus Christ is on the throne. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Proverbs 21 verse 1, falls into the the category of wisdom literature. There are many books in the Bible, and they all fall into different categories, like narrative, for example. But this book here falls into the wisdom literature with other wisdom books, like Ecclesiastes, or Psalms, or Song of Solomon. What does it mean to be a wisdom book or a part of the wisdom literature. How do you define wisdom? It just basically means to live skillfully. To live skillfully based on what somebody teaches you, like a like a father to a child, someone with great experience to someone who doesn't have as much experience. It's advice to enable you to live a skillful life, a life that is successful. Now listen to this. If you heed the words of Proverbs the Word of God, you will be more successful in this life. It won't be unnecessarily painful for you. So I read verse 1, Proverbs 21. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord like channels of water. He turns it wherever he wants. He turns it, he, that being God, turns it, the heart of the king, wherever he, God, wants. You see, the heart of the king is in God's hands. But oh, how we as human beings like to fight the king because of his position, his choices. We don't understand that God, and we forget that God sometimes, we forget the, that God is in control. And we fight and we wrestle. But we need to be reminded that God holds the king's heart in his hand and he turns it wherever he goes. If I can elaborate a little bit more, 
on this topic of God's sovereignty. Meaning that God is all-powerful. He is omnipotent. He is in control of life's circumstances. My friend, He is in control of your life circumstances right now. That's right. You're right where you're supposed to be. It's not the king who keeps you there. Because remember, the king's heart is in whose hand? So if you have anybody to blame and you want to blame anybody or be mad at anybody, then you can talk to the Lord about this. Because he's in control of your life. But if I can elaborate on the sovereignty of God, that he is working for the good through all things, that he is in control despite the friction, despite the unknowns, despite the inconvenience, let me just illustrate that with the birth of Christ. When I look to the book of Matthew and I read the birth narrative, I read inconvenience, I read danger, I read friction, but I read God's sovereign hand and all-powerful hand overriding all of it, fulfilling His great plan, His plan of salvation in and through the inconveniences of life regarding Mary and Joseph and Jesus, the King of Kings, before He was born and shortly after His birth into His youthful years. In your mind's eye, I want, you, I want you to picture a map. Up north, you have a small village, small town called Nazareth. Almost directly south from that, many miles, maybe 200 miles south, you have Bethlehem. And then if you look way out west, you have Egypt, right? It, it's a neighbor to Israel. And so Egypt is way out there. Okay, maybe 300 miles, maybe 400 miles, the location that we're going to touch on in this message of where Jesus, Joseph, and Mary goes. Now, they were up in Nazareth. Mary is about seven or eight months pregnant. But you see, this is a problem because the scripture says that she has to give birth to Jesus and he's got to be born where? That's right, in Bethlehem. But what are they doing up in Nazareth? Well, they didn't really know. They didn't understand. They weren't in line perfectly with the will of God in this aspect. But guess what? They adjusted. They were obedient. They were humble. And God spoke to them. And he's guiding them around to get them where they need to go. But he uses God, uses man to fulfill his perfect will. Because Caesar Augustus decrees a census which says that everybody is to go to their hometown. Which means Joseph while he is up in Nazareth, has to travel down to, that's right, Bethlehem, because that's the home of his father. So he must go to Bethlehem. He goes to Bethlehem. He checks in for accountability due to the census that Caesar Augustus decreed. There was no room. It was inconvenient. We're not, we're not trying to travel right now. I just want to have my baby up in Nazareth, right? So no, they get forced they get pushed. Little friction, little inconvenience, uncomfortable, but they get pushed down to Bethlehem. They have their baby. It's tight. It's tough. There wasn't even a place for them to stay except for a trough for that baby to be placed. Then another inconvenience. Can we just settle down and have this baby? That's not what happens. Herod raises up. He's the king of that area. And he wants to, to worship Jesus like the wise men and says, hey, I would like to worship. Where is he at? But that wasn't his intent. He wanted to get rid of him because he heard he was the king, the Messiah, and wanted to get rid of him because he saw him as a threat. 
God intervenes, gives them a vision. Joseph and Mary picks up that baby and they go to Egypt to get out of town so that they can avoid Herod in his evil and wicked ways. Inconvenient, frustrating, friction, unknowns. What's going to happen? We don't know. What's Egypt going to be like? Not sure. But they get up and they go because they're obedient and they listen to God. And they trust his ways. His, his word says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Be encouraged. And so they're in Egypt. They get settled. They find a home. Things are good. Jesus is growing. He's a young boy. He's growing in wisdom and stature. And he's growing as a young man. And then they say, okay, God says to Joseph and Mary, time to come back. Scripture says they were on their way back to Bethlehem. They get another vision. Don't go to Bethlehem. Yes, Herod died, but his son is evil and wicked, and he is just like his father. So you need to go to Nazareth. And that's where they go. They go to Nazareth. They bypass Bethlehem and go back to Nazareth. Lots of inconvenience there, yes? Can a, can a woman just settle down and have a baby, please? Can we just settle down somewhere? Well... Life doesn't always take the turns we think it should. It doesn't, it doesn't always pan out according to our plan. And it looks, as if, it looks as if Caesar Augustus is in control. It looks as if the king of the land, that being Herod, is in control. It looks like here we go again with his son being in control. Another, another generation of evil and wickedness. But let's play the tape out. Look at what happens. The scripture says that Jesus must be born in Bethlehem. Well, inconvenient, seemingly, push them, forcing function, down to Bethlehem. Fulfills the scripture. Jesus is born where the scripture says he's to be born. He fulfills the scripture of being the Messiah King, the Savior of the world. And then it says that he will be called out of Egypt. But he's got to go to Egypt to be called out of it. Well, guess what? He went to Egypt because he was pushed out of Bethlehem because of Herod. And then he comes back and he goes and settles up in Nazareth. The scripture says he will be called a Nazarene. My Lord, he's in control. The sovereign hand of God is all over this situation and circumstance, despite the most powerful people in the land. Though it's inconvenient, though life takes turns, remember the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And Almighty God, all-powerful, turns the heart wherever He wishes. God is playing out His perfect plan in your life. God is playing out His perfect plan in our lives. He is in control. Be encouraged. Know that God is in control. That He is sovereign. It may be inconvenient. It may be uncomfortable. But you got to trust Him. you got to trust Him. Don't fight it. That's not wise. It's not wise because Proverbs 21.1 says God's in control. Don't fight the king. God's got a plan. He's working it out. Live a skillful life. Submit to God. Trust him. Walk not by sight, but by faith. Believe in him. Know that he's working for the good in all circumstances. And ultimately, it's his for his glory. It's all for his glory. And so trust him. Take him by the hand. Let him guide you through your Bethlehems, through your Egypts, through your, through your Nazareth experience. 
all over the map, all over the world. He's got a plan. Trust him. Lord bless you and Lord keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you.